Welcome to Shenanigans at Shady Pines, a show where two 90s babies, who are a little too obsessed with the Golden Girls, sit down, episode by episode, to dissect the show. We'll answer the question, why is this show still a hit 40 years later? Hi, I'm Jenna. And I'm Caroline. And this is Shenanigans at Shady Pines. In this episode, we'll be discussing Season 5, Episode 1, Sick and Tired, Part 1. Nice. I know. Can you believe it's already the fifth season? I felt like Season 4 was forever, so I'm kind of glad we're moving on. Yeah, it's always exciting to have a new refreshing number, like five. Yes. Oh, girl. I'm glad that we're dividing this episode into two segments. Yes, this was a like a pretty um, dense episode. I agree. I agree. A lot happens. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to get into the episode then? Oh, yes. we'll get into adult education, like our episode. Yes. Okay, cool. So, um, the description of this episode is from Hulu. Dorothy says that she is seriously ill, but none of the doctors she sees believe her. Mm. And from I am I know it is. And from IMDB, Dorothy is feeling run down, tired all the time, and has a lack of energy. Girl same. I know. Not to negate her feelings. I know that description just kind of hits home. (laughs) Yes. But Dorothy's is to like another level. Yes. Um, I think B. Arthur does a really good job of like make you understand how bad it is that she feels and like she's like i'm no i'm not crazy like i i know how i'm feeling is different than you know normal yeah she does a great job yeah um this episode was this episode was written by susan harris and this episode was directed by tara hughes and guest stars were Jeffrey Tambor and Michael McGuire. Yeah, wasn't Jeffrey Tambor, wasn't he in Dr. Doolittle? Yes, yes he was. He's in a okay. lot of movies. Yeah. Yeah. He made me think of Dr. Doolittle just because he's like, he's a vet, right? Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah. he's not a vet. He is. He gives, he gives him a CAT scan. No, but he's the vet. He's, he, um, he's the vet. He's examining the cat's booty. Right. Yes. That's yes. what. I, okay. 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 So and he I loses mean, the thermometer up the dog's butt. Oh right. right. Yep. Oh my gosh. I think you just might have lost your thermometer. <laughs> that's funny. He has a very distinct voice. He does. It's very deep. Yeah. And mellow, <laughs> monotone. For sure. All right, well, um, what's next? Um, this episode aired on September 23rd, 1989. Nice. And on this day, um, I'm just going to read the little description because uh, we fast forwarded a couple months. Okay. Um, famous birthdays on this day include Brandon Jennings and Leon Curran. Number one song was Girl, I'm Gonna Miss You by mm. Millie Vanilli. <laughs> and Right on Time by Black Box was the number one song in the UK. Um, Francisco 
Francesca was still the number one movie Jeez. in this time. It says it was one of the most viewed movie releases in 1989, so I'm probably wow. going to keep saying that for a while. It's the movie of the summer, I guess. Yeah. Um, the Joy Luck Club by Amy, T- Amy Tan was one of the best-selling books. Um, on TV, people were watching Twin Peaks, and if you like video games, you're probably playing Basilisk. Basilisk. Ballistics, there we go, <laughs> or Draken, and then um, George H. W. Bush, Bush was the president. Um, mm-hmm. Margaret Thatcher was our prime minister, and Pope John Paul II was the leading Catholic, leading the Catholic Church. Wow! Um, and I also wanted to bring to your attention that one of the popular songs was "If I Could Turn Back Time." Oh. If I could find a way. Does the audience know the significance of that song for us? I don't think so. Okay. So this, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong telling this story, but this is how I remember us, like, freaking out about this song. Okay, cool. So your bachelorette party. Yeah, yeah, that's what I remember. Okay, cool. So it was your bachelorette weekend and we just started singing it randomly, didn't we? Yeah, I it was stuck in my head for sure. Yeah, so it was and stuck when a in song your is head, stuck in my head, it's like over. Everybody knows that what yeah. song is stuck in your head at all times. Oh yeah, and so you were singing it or whatever, and then of course it got stuck in my head. And then oh. um, one of our events was going to um, Godfrey's, which is an amazing um, drag brunch, amazingness in Richmond. And if you are in the area, you have to go because it's super fun and incredible and they have a really good breakfast. It's so good. Oh my gosh. The banana French toast. And the performers are amazing. Yes. And if you would like a drink recommendation, please DM me and I will tell you I do not feel comfortable saying the title on (laughs) on air. I can Um, back you up. It's delicious. Super fun. But I yes. was eight months pregnant at the time. I was not drinking at the time. No, I no, want to no, no, no. say. Um, but I was. How pregnant was I? Eight months. It was November, and you had the babies in December, oh, okay. so it so was, I was eight months pregnant. For real, yeah, and you were pregnant with twins, so I was ginormous. But one of the songs that they sang and performed was "If I Could Turn Back Time," and Caroline and so I beautiful. freaked out, and it was amazing because, like, that's not. Like, of course, it's a popular song, and maybe yes, it is yes. in the, the drag community, but oh, it was magical. It was, it was just like a full circle a full, moment. Yes, it was so <laughs> beautiful, and it was so dramatic because it was also her first song, and, like, the door opens, and oh, we just yeah. hear, if I could turn, and I was like, oh, my gosh. It was just amazing. I went back so a few good. months ago, and Cher was there again, but... It was different songs by Cher. Okay. Have you seen Burlesque? No. She performed Burlesque, though. You need to... You would love that movie. Like, I never thought that it would be a movie that I would like. I thought it was kind of like a dramatic, like... I don't, I don't even know what kind of movie I thought it was going to be, but mm-hmm. it's like a grandma good movie. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. it's one of those mm-hmm. movies. It's okay. so good. Um, you need to watch it. Sam it's actually my really list. likes it, too. Oh, really? I love that he for d- He won't admit it, but he does. I'm sure he loves it. Yes. And then <laughs> um, a couple more things, just last things. Um, on the cover of Life was the Flight 232 plane crash, which I'm not very familiar with. 
Okay. Um, on the cover of Time magazine, Saving the Rainforest. Mm. Gotta love that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger, and Keith Richards were on the cover. Ah, of that. Mm-hmm, fun. Yep, yep, yep. That's a good picture in time because it's been a couple months since yes. we've uh, see the Golden Girls was freshly on TV exactly. season four. So this and is they a good were moment. still on Saturday. They still aired on Saturday. I love that so much. Okay, some fun facts about this episode that I found on IMDb. Okay, 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 okay. Um, Dr. Stevens seems to miss the fact that Dorothy has a constant sore throat, swollen Mm. glands, and fevers, which don't suggest anything to do with depression, or as Dr. Bud calls it, getting old. Mm. Yet that actually happened often when chronic fatigue syndrome was first discovered. It wasn't until 1988 that the CDC first defined the disorder. That's so interesting. It's such an interesting um, disorder because yeah. mm-hmm. I'm sure so many people go undiagnosed. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it kind of just goes to sh- like, it had been about a year and the doctor didn't even like, it never crossed his mind. Maybe examine her or open her mouth, look at your or- throat, like. I know, or, like, stay updated on, like, your medical journals so right. you, like, know things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this one's a, probably my favorite or the most interesting fact to me for the whole episode. Um, written by the show's creator, Susan Harris, this is based on her own battle that she was going through at the creation of the show. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So, wow. like. I think you can tell and feel, like, the care that was put into this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Because there, it, yeah, the descriptions of it and, like, you know, like, you were talking about the sore throat and stuff. Like, those Mm -hmm, are probably mm -hmm. some symptoms that not, like, that make it more, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well, (laughs) what what I was thinking of was when Dorothy is at the doctor's office and Mm -hmm. she says like very specific things like when I'm in the shower, I can barely lift my arms. Like it's so clear that that was probably something that Susan Harris like lived through, you know, like like, because it was so specific. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then, I thought this was just a fun one. Rose's $6 glass of tomato juice would be approximately $12 in 2019. <laughs> Love that. Adjusted for inflation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Who drinks just plain tomato juice? Like, if I'm drinking uh, tomato juice, I want it to be a Bloody Mary. Like, come on. <laughs> I have no desire to drink anything with oh, tomato juice in it. I love Bloody Marys, actually. Really? Yes. I, and if you go to Godfrey's, they have really good Bloody Marys. They oh, have, well. um, I think it's like a um, Chesapeake Bay one, so it has like Old Bay in it and stuff. Oh my gosh, oh. it's really good. Okay, I trust you. Thanks. <laughs> Um, and then this one's pretty crazy. The calendar on the kitchen door never changes after this episode. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Isn't that weird? I I've love never that. noticed anything like that before. Me either. <laughs> and there's also a consistency episode, a thing that's not included in the fun facts for the episode, mm-hmm. but I have to mention because like, it's so wild. Um, the whole thing about Blanche getting a pedicure while George was dying. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We know yeah. from previous episodes that he died. Was it a car? Cr- I don't remember. But a police officer told her via the phone, crunch, crunch. Yeah. He's dead, so, man. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's dead. Crunch, crunch. Yeah, definitely. Just... But I feel like they've mentioned this pedicure thing more than once as well. Oh, really? Like, um, what is that episode? The Room 7 episode? Okay. I think. Okay. I don't know. You know, you know the later seasons better than I do. Yeah. We'll, so we'll maybe... revisit it. We'll keep an eye on it. Because I yeah, feel like you... there might be another mention about his death. Especially the episode where he comes back to life. Yes, yes. There's more George, 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 <laughs> George, George content coming. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, um, are you ready to get into the episode? Yes. All right, let's begin on Golden Girls. All right, so the episode begins actually with the side plot. Mm. Did you remember that this was the side plot? I watched this episode so much, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I wasn't surprised when it happened, but it was kind of like, oh, yeah, woohoo. Now, Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like this is one of your favorite Blanche things. Oh, yes. This is probably <laughs> one of my favorite Blanche, like, stories of all times. I've actually experienced this. Have you ever had a dream where mm-hmm. you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, this would be a great book. And, like, <gasps> you're like, I will never forget, like, this. Oh my gosh. And so you don't write Maybe. anything down. And then... okay. I've done that, I think, twice now where I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, this would be such a cool book to write <gasps> and, like, finish yeah. the story or, like, rewrite it into a children's book or something. But then I literally forget it within an hour and I'm so mad at myself that I didn't oh, write so it down. Oh, that's so sad. You need to keep a journal next to your bed. I know. I know. A journal. No, I love, I think it's the perfect way to kick off the season. Oh, because yeah. Because she just, like, starts off not even saying she wants to be a novelist. Because I knew that that was coming. Right. But the, the build-up to her mm. talking about, yes. my mama said I was destined for greatness. She would say, peacock. And then they go on this tangent about talking about peacocks and how yes. they're not that pretty. And <laughs> Yes. So dramatic. I think peacocks are very pretty, personally. They're, we have a thing about peacocks at my house. I'm sure you know. The girls are obsessed oh, I know. with them. Except oh, they want to say that they're scared of them, but literally they love peacocks. <laughs> they're just so large yes <laughs> what silly gooses i love the um, whole little um thing with rose like not understanding what loins are and like oh she keeps gosh. going back to it and blanche is trying to do her big reveal she's like just forget the loins man i'm trying to I tell know. you my awesome idea and it happens here too where she's like enough with the peacocks enough with the chickens my mama didn't call me chicken she called me peacock yes she said that Blanche was destined for greatness. Yes. And, you know, what else does that mean except she is going to be a great Southern writer? A romance novelist. Oh, a novelist. Yes. She's going to join the ranks of yes. the Southern writers. Like, you know, the the ones who are so big that they need not be mentioned. <laughs> oh, yeah, those. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, obviously <laughs> and so I think funny. honestly she would be a great person to be a novelist just the way she speaks oh for sure have we done that episode yet um with Stan's cousin and um Blanche's sister who ends up writing a romance novel and Blanche is like you took my idea oh I don't think we've done that one yet <coughs> yeah I don't think we have either yeah I don't think so 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, yay. I forgotten about that. Ooh, girl. Yes. It's 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 great. Just the whole I forgot cuz when I think of this episode, I think of or when I think of this like side plot, I think of the second part. Right. And what happens in that one? Oh, yes. So, oh yeah. I think of that and I forget just like how good. And I was thinking like how do they I don't remember very well how they like make this plot last two oh, episodes. They do. Oh, they do. And there's it's a great. will, there's a way, and they yeah, show oh, yes. a great way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, we see Dorothy come in, and mm-hmm. she's like back from um, teaching, and she describes like how she was feeling, and she had a flu before that she feels like she just can't shake, right? Because she's just exhausted all the time. And she's to the point, like, so tired that she can't talk. Yeah, which, I mean, I feel like teaching nowadays, you get like that. Sure. But I feel like once you have, like, a moment to recover, like, an hour to just sit Mm -hmm. and recover, you kind of, like, get back up and move on. Yeah. But this is different. And this is You can tell, which is what you were saying earlier with how great B. Arthur did, Mm -hmm. you can tell by the way she's presenting herself that this is different. Oh, yeah. She knows her. The girls know her. She knows herself. They know how she is. And this is not how she normally is. Right. And all, like, all the girls except Blanche, like, really, so Sophie and Rose, they, yeah. like, really encourage her to go see a specialist. They, like, totally validate their feel her feelings. Yeah, which is and, great. And it's not that Blanche, Blanche isn't, like, dismissive. She's kind of dismissive, but not, like, seriously. I feel like Blanche, and, like, we'll talk about this at the end, but. Yeah. Blanche is kind of, this is a very Blanche episode where she is very self-absorbed. Exactly. See, I don't think Blanche has a purpose in this episode other than to do her side plot. Yeah, and I think um, she's kind of the comedic relief in a way, but Mm -hmm. also, she's not being, I'm gonna say it, she's not being the best of friends. No, she's definitely (laughs) not. Like, she's pretty dismissive. Not, but it's interesting because they're pretty clever about it. She's not dismissive in that she... She doesn't negate Dorothy's feelings. Yeah, she doesn't not believe her. She's just so into talking about her own things that she just wants to talk about her own things. And I mean, that's kind of... And I'm not, like, condoning her behavior because she should Mm -hmm. be there for her friend. Mm -hmm. But I also kind of understand in a way, too, because... Like, you have something that you're super excited about and you want to share with your friends. And, like, by the way they're talking, it seems like Dorothy is, um, has been going through this for a while and Blanche could be sick of it. And, like, that's valid, too. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Wanting to be annoyed with it and, like, okay, well, let's, let's, like, I get you're sick, but, like, let's move on and talk (laughs) about this instead. And I can, I get that. It's not the right thing to do, but I can understand that as well. I think, I think it is very clever how they do it. I agree. I think it, it's, it doesn't make you hate Blanche forever, but I think it's well done. Yeah. It's, it's just Blanche. Yeah. And then there's that great line of, remind me when I'm better to kick the crap out of her. Yes. And it also kind of sets up later why Dorothy would take Rose to New York and not yes. her. 
yeah, absolutely. So I think it's all very well done. Yeah. Um, so Dorothy decides to go to the doctor again. Um, and it just, he starts off the scene not even, like, getting the correct person. Oh, yeah. It just sets up, like, how the scene is pretty much going to go. Well, not only um, the scene, but the episode and how these doctors mm-mm. are so dismissive towards her symptoms yeah. and feelings and anything, like, totally invalidating her. Yes, just they don't want to validate her at all. No, just... they just dismiss everything. Like, she's a crazy lady. Like, this is yes. just what it is. You're getting older. Like, get used and to it. And they don't even, they don't even care to be gentle about it. Like, no. they're so, they're very aggressive. About, you're fine. And he just, he literally just says, like, enjoy your life. And he tries to leave. Yeah. And... We didn't even mention the whole HIPAA violation thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, not even, he says her first name and she says, I'm not Lorraine, and he gives the patient's full name. That, and the the prince thing. Oh my gosh, he was so obsessed with that, that... Yeah. Yeah, he was, he literally could not give less of a heck about Dorothy. Hold on, I'm Googling. Oh, and I feel like we've researched this before, but HIPAA didn't become a thing until 1996. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, still though. But privacy and your doctor and come on, like, I'm sure, like, yeah, probably it wasn't a law, but I'm sure it was. in the way he was talking, he knew he wasn't supposed to be sharing. Exactly. He knew. He knew. Um, it's so sad. Dorothy, you know, gives those descriptions of all those things that she's going through. And even Sophia comes in and they have this talk and it's just like, it, it, it goes back to Dorothy being a woman and just Mm -hmm. like having a male professional speak down to you. And, you know, it, it's very, um. It's very terrible. It's something that a lot of women experience, particularly women of color. Right. Like, just not being listened to and just being talked down to. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved, I don't, it's not this scene, but I loved Sophia's line where she says, doctors don't know everything. They think they know everything, but they don't. And that is something I really learned becoming a mom, Mm -hmm. that, um... You have to stick up for yourself. And, like, if I didn't, if, like, if we didn't have uh, medical professionals in our family, like, you wouldn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I feel like, as a society, we've, like, idolized doctors. And I think that's changing, kind of, and how you Mm -hmm. do need to be able to advocate for yourself. Yeah. But, like, as a first-time mom, like, I didn't know I could ask for formula for my child because it was such a heavy, like breastfeeding um hospital Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. they don't even like advertise formula and like oh yes my daughters were losing weight not and I did not like that and like I had to be very insistent on them giving me formula to feed them and it's scary and like I remember that I remember someone saying they're gonna tell you this but you need to ask for this and like I had to sign a form that Mm -hmm. for pacifiers and stuff and like it was just like you really have to advocate for yourself and be strong in your beliefs and like if not you should like look into getting an advocate for yourself so you can tell 
Like, you have somebody to look out for you because Mm -hmm. it is your body. Like, you should have, like, a say over it. Or if you're a parent, like, you have the right to, like, protect your child and make sure your child gets fed. Yeah. But they don't, they didn't, like, like Sophia said, or Rose said, doctors don't know everything. Yes. We just, as a society, put so much trust into doctors yeah. And of course, like, we respect doctors and all, like, the education, sure. the work that they put in, and there For are sure. great doctors. Absolutely. But, you know, honestly, it's like, you do have to find the right fit for you, the right person. Yes. yes. And that's, yeah, that's something we all need to learn. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you're not, like, if you're not taught that, if you're mm-hmm. taught to trust doctors, and not, like, not that like you shouldn't trust, trust them. Do- yeah, if, like, that's... You know, how you were taught, like, that's not wrong. Like, you hopefully can trust your doctor, but I think you need to have, it really needs to be almost an interview process, you know? Yeah, for sure. I totally, oh, excuse me, totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, I like how Sophia, like, (laughs) choose him out. Yes. Just like, and honestly kind of choose Dorothy out, too. I love her little monologue about... Like, Dorothy not being able to digest vegetables and stuff. (laughs) She may not be a spring chicken. And her draw might crack when she chews. (laughs) I love it. Um, I think they do a good job of combining humor, like, with the seriousness of this episode. I agree. It was a good balance. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's not 50-50. Like, it really feels more serious than not serious, but there's humor, like, sprinkled in, and it's great. Yeah. So, um, later, they're actually making use of the lanai. It's been a while since we've seen the lanai. Yes, finally. I know. They're barbecuing on the lanai. (laughs) Um, And so, Blanche has writer's block. I hate that. Even though she hasn't written anything at all. Yeah. I don't think she realized what that meant. No. It's so funny. And I love the the comparison of writer's block to being constipated. Yes. You just sit there hour Hour after hour after hour. (laughs) It's great. Um, (laughs) So, um... Basically, Dorothy decides she was referred by that first doctor to see a psychologist or psychiatrist, and um, she's going to a specialist in New York. Now, this is a like a physical doctor specialist because she's already seen a psychiatrist. It took me a second to figure that out. But she's going on a big trip to New York, and she's taking Rose. Yes. And they talk about how Rose is comforting to her, and I thought that is so sweet. Yeah. And Rose usually is validating sure, her feelings it, and is Rose, being there for her. Yes. She's fantastic to Dorothy. Yes. I really, I loved every interaction between Rose and Dorothy. It I was thought, great. Yeah, I totally agree. That was great setup. I totally understand why she's taking Rose. Yes. And she's going to get to see the, pi- the big potato. Yes. It's the so big exciting. potato. I also liked the part. Her blades is talking about she's good with sick people and she was a candy stripper once. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I loved that part. Striper Blanche. Striper whatever. Blanche. So Dorothy actually goes to New York and we're seeing her meet with this doctor 
And this is the main doctor that I remember from this episode mm-hmm. because we do see him later. Yeah. Um, and he really, ooh, I can't decide which doctor I like less. He really invalidates her feelings. He was pretty horrible. At he least just... the other one was, well, the first one, like, well, if you want to spend money, like, here's this guy. You can go see this guy. He's the best. So at least he gave them the name of the best. But this guy just said no like you're fine like go dye your hair or something make yourself feel better like when he told her to dye her hair oh my gosh that made me so angry it's just that attitude of Mm -hmm. no i know everything i know what's best for you yeah not even like you know they're like i don't want to get too far ahead of us but some things that are said in the second part of this episode. I'm like, why can't the other doctors say things like that? Right, right, you right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to talk too much about that. Um, he basically, you know, urges her to see a, another, like a psychologist. And he, she tells him, I've already done that. And they say it's physical. Yeah. And he, you know, talks down to her and she goes on her way. And, like, he doesn't even walk her to the door or anything. He just sits in his little chair behind his little desk, which isn't very little. And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, you're fine. Just go dye your hair. Like, it's this is just getting old. You'll be fine. Yeah. He even talks about, like, I don't think you're sick. I think you're getting old. It happens to me, too. Yeah. It's like, you're probably... No, no, no. No. So, um... Dorothy goes back to the hotel and there's a it's kind of a cute little scene with um yeah. Rose not understanding New York City like how many like it's just so much for her it's very overwhelming Bloomingdale's um, the store yeah <laughs> the store she is you know a typical small town girl yeah. and it's like my whole town could fit in Bloomingdale's Ugh. the store and I love I love the part where she is talking about King Kong and Dorothy starts talking. I mean, crying, sorry. Yeah. And she, like, goes and hugs her and she's like, oh, Dorothy, it was a fake gorilla. It made me sad, too. Yeah. I thought, I thought that I, I, sometimes I'll do that with people when they're crying just to, like, make them feel better. Right, right. It's, it's, it's funny, but it, it, she's just so sweet. Yeah. Um, and then she also mentions, hey, doctors don't know everything, like that thing that we talked about. Right. And she says, after all, Dr. Seuss was a doctor. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so the last scene, um, Dorothy's not actually in. Um, it's, it's, it's a scene between the other three girls, and they talk about Dorothy and what she's going through. I really like this scene mm-hmm. because it really um, puts into perspective, and I love that Blanche is there too. Um, mm-hmm. But it really puts into um, perspective of how serious this is, or this yeah. could be. Yeah, at, there's no point until now where you think, oh my gosh, Dorothy could die. Yeah, like, I loved Sophia's, like, analogy with the Black Plague. Like, yes, there's a first time for everything, and what if Dorothy's the first? Like, mm-hmm. it really could be this serious. They don't know. And the scary thing is, is nobody's trying to help her. And, like, this is, yes. you know, that plot that I don't like when, like you're calling for help and nobody helps you like it's yes. so you feel so helpless 
Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's so disheartening and you're like, oh my gosh, this could be it. It's so scary too because Sophia can, like she says the thing about the Black Plague and there's a first mm-hmm. time for every disease. Right. And no doctor says that at this right. point. Yeah. Like yeah. why why are these three women mm-hmm. the only people to believe her? Right, right. Not the people who are trained to help right. people in her situation. Yeah. And yeah. they talk about dying and how they've all seen death before and mm-hmm. and Sophia is it can't be comforted. Understandably so. Right. Um and that's how the episode ends. What is it? Uh, What's the last one? It's no, that's a no one. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's a sad one though. It's it's the sad. It's one. not. It's not. <laughs> like Dorothy could be dying and she doesn't know it. Because <laughs> that would be insensitive. Yes. I do want to shout out Estelle Getty's performance. I think she does yes. a really wonderful job. Especially, like I said, that last scene was extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't even have Dorothy in that scene, and it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Great. I think you can tell this episode was written by someone who understood this experience. Right. And it's great. Mm-hmm. It's really great. Um, and that's the episode. Yep. Um, I don't think I have um, a stand-by-your-man count for Blanche. I she don't... talks very generally. Yeah. So, that's fine. Wait. Okay. Hold on. Oh, yeah, because she says, you know how many times I've experienced that? Yes, yes. So, yeah, very general. Mm-hmm. But delightful, nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to put a zero for that. Um, it is an odd episode, so I want to share my Lady of the Evening first. I'm definitely going to pick Rose. Okay, cool. I am, too. Okay. You know, we talked about it all episode, but yeah. she's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I loved... I loved... Blanche, like yeah. I've said so many times, mm-hmm. Blanche is my. Th- I love Blanche in this episode, but I wish she was definitely a little bit more supportive. Yes, yes. Um. Yeah, but I loved Blanche's scene. But why did you pick? I mean, I mean, I picked Rose because of you know her constant support, her just yeah. faithfulness and Dorothy, yeah. and like her like optimism mm-hmm. that isn't too like toxic, you know. Yeah. validating great just a good all-around friend yes very good yeah um what would you rank this episode out of 10 a 10 i was gonna say the same thing Yay! it's fantastic yeah no i have no flaws with this episode <clears throat> no it's so good i know and it's crazy because it's not like it's you know the funniest wildest golden girls episode ever definitely not but like it was so good it was so good they balanced the funny and the the not funny so well it did i I did and like this episode needs that for sure yeah yeah um okay golden and moments there's so many hold on let me pull up some quotes here Okay, I'll share one of mine. Um, the, 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 um, the, I just want to say the whole, 
the whole thing. Right? <laughs> um, it's the where she says, My daughter may be no spring chicken, and her jaw might crack when she chews, and she may have noticeable trouble digesting raw vegetables, but one thing she is not is mental. I love that part's great. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's the worst feeling in the world. Yeah, the um constipation was great. <laughs> <laughs> I love when Sophia goes, ribs, great. Why don't you just kick the dentures out of my mouth? Oh, yeah. That was a line I totally forgot about. That was great. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. So good. Excellent. Well, Jenna, we are going to continue this next week. When we talk about Sick and Tired, part two. Which might debatably be better than part one. You think? I I mean, maybe. I guess we'll just have to tune in next week to see if it is. I guess so. Yeah. Okay, well then let's do that. Okay. Well, bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Shenanigans at Shady Pines. Be sure to catch our next episode. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any more episodes. Leave a review so more people can find us at Shady Pines. Be sure to check out our Instagram at Shenanigans at Shady Pines. All one word. Until next time. Thank thank you for being a friend. friend.